Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today is Sunday, September 20th, 2020. On this day in 2000, members of the Real Irish Republican Army launched a rocket at the MI6 office in London. Those responsible were never arrested. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the attack of MI6's SIS building in London, widely believed to be perpetrated by the real IRA. Let's go back to the evening of September 20th, 2000, just before 10 p.m. In the Vauxhall district of South London, overlooking the River Thames, lies the headquarters of the United Kingdom's Foreign Intelligence Agency, the Secret Intelligence Service, or MI6. The building design drew inspiration from Aztec and Mayan architecture, cobbled together with a postmodern touch. It was criticized for its looks, even dubbed the Babylon on Thames and the Vauxhall Trollop. Working inside the SIS building are Britain's top spies. Counterterrorism, cybersecurity, counterproliferation, all of the UK's top secret clandestine departments reside here. Naturally, it would make a perfect target for one of Britain's enemies. The night of the 20th was like any other London September evening, cold and a little damp, but that didn't seem to stop Londoners from walking along the Thames or on the Vauxhall Bridge. Then, around 9.45 p.m., a deafening explosion rocked the area. People turned at the noise and were stunned to see smoke and debris coming from the eighth floor of the SIS building. When law enforcement and the fire department arrived, they were relieved to discover that no one was killed or injured, and the building itself only received minor, superficial damage. However, MI6 was shocked. Never before had someone been so brazen to attack British intelligence in London. The only other time the SIS building was bombed was in the James Bond film, The World Is Not Enough. But in real life? The size of the blast and the minimal damage indicated that the explosion came from a small missile or rocket, one that could only be fired from less than 500 meters away. The next morning, they discovered parts for an RPG-22 rocket-propelled grenade launcher in a garden near Vauxhall Bridge. The fact that they were specifically RPG-22 parts gave Scotland Yard's anti-terrorism a significant lead on the likely perpetrators. Back in February, a cache of weapons was discovered in Dungannon, Northern Ireland. Among the weapons confiscated was an RPG-22. 
Most importantly, the cash belonged to an Irish terrorist group known as the Real IRA. When Scotland Yard revealed that the Real IRA likely committed the SIS attack, fear suddenly took hold of London. Was this the beginning of a new guerrilla war by Irish dissidents? Or was it simply just a small wave of attacks to push Britain into submission? The real IRA wanted to free Northern Ireland from the United Kingdom. Was this how they planned to do it? In a press conference on September 21st, Alan Fry, Scotland Yard's Deputy Assistant Commissioner of Anti-Terrorism, tried to assuage these fears. He told the public, we know the community can defeat terrorism. We have proved that in the past. And once again, we ask the community, we ask the people of London, we ask any visitors in the vicinity to think about anything they saw, anything they thought was suspicious, and to make it known to the police. We can defeat this. A few weeks later, investigators traced the serial number of the RPG-22 rocket launcher and discovered that it likely originated in Croatia. This new information all but confirmed to the British authorities that the real IRA was responsible for the SIS building attack. Months earlier, Croatian police seized a cache of RPG-22s on its way to the real IRA. It appeared that at least one had made it to England. Now more than ever, anti-terrorist units were determined to bring down these Irish dissidents before they could attack again. Coming up, we explore the real IRA's endless war against the United Kingdom. Hey listeners, I want to take a quick moment to introduce you to the newest ParCast original on the block. It's called Incredible Feats, and it's a short weekday show hosted by comedian Dan Cummins. Every weekday, Dan shares a true account of physical strength, mental focus, or genuine bizarre behavior, going behind the scenes and into the achievements of world-class athletes like Dean Carnassus, who once ran for nearly 81 hours without stopping, and performance artists like Lucky Diamond Rich, who boasts layers of tattoos in the most unlikely places, and even everyday people thrown into extraordinary circumstances, like Juliana Kopka, who was forced to survive alone in a rainforest for 11 days. Incredible Feats is offbeat entertainment that's sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, and always surprising. New episodes air daily, Monday through Friday. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now back to the story. On the evening of September 20th, 2000, the SIS building in London was hit by a rocket-propelled grenade. After a swift investigation, UK officials confirmed that the suspects were members of the real IRA, an Irish dissident group. 
many around the United Kingdom feared that this was simply the beginning and more attacks would follow. Peace between Irish militants and the British had finally come two years earlier. Was the IRA really back? Most of what we assume about the IRA stems from a period in Irish and British history known as the Troubles. In reality, the IRA has a long, storied history with different iterations and splinter groups. Eventually, it would all lead to the formation of the real IRA, the group responsible for the SIS building attack. Since the mid-1500s, Ireland had more or less fallen under the control of England. But in 1801, the formation of the United Kingdom of Britain and Ireland fully brought the Emerald Isle under British rule. Of course, not too many Irish were pleased by this. At the start of the 1900s, calls for Irish independence grew louder and louder, first with the Easter Uprising in 1916, and then again three years later in 1919. The forces fighting the British were known as the Irish Republican Army, and in 1921, a ceasefire was ordered and Ireland won its independence. However, Britain didn't give up all of Ireland. Six of the 30 Irish counties remained in the UK's control and turned into the country of Northern Ireland. This sparked a civil war. Ultimately, the political groups in favor of giving up Northern Ireland prevailed, and peace finally came to the island. That is until 1969. In December, a split within the IRA led to the creation of the Provisional IRA. This new version demanded the complete end of British rule in Northern Ireland. This iteration was vastly more militant against British forces in cities like Belfast. The creation of the Provisional IRA would signal the beginning of the Troubles. For nearly 30 years, the British and the PIRA would constantly clash in Northern Ireland. The IRA would attack and the Brits would respond and vice versa. One of the worst episodes of violence occurred in 1972, when British paratroopers fired on a peaceful demonstration. 13 unarmed Roman Catholic demonstrators were slain. The incident became known as Bloody Sunday. It led to a wave of recruitment for the IRA and a campaign of terror against Northern Ireland. Bombings became the norm in the capital of Belfast. In the mid-1990s, the IRA called for a ceasefire. Seizing on the moment, Irish politicians, specifically from the radical Sinn Féin party, met with the British government. And in 1998, the Good Friday Agreement was signed. Though the troubles were officially over, Northern Ireland remained part of the United Kingdom. Much like in the War of Independence over 70 years earlier, not everyone agreed with the peace treaty. Another faction split from the provisional IRA and became the real IRA. And the real IRA wasn't going to stop the fight. This newer version, however, was even more militant than previous ones. One of the group's first acts of terrorism was a bombing in the town of Omaha, resulting in the deaths of 29 people. 
After that, they decided to cross the Irish Sea and bring violence to England itself. In the summer of 2000, the real IRA targeted popular spots in London twice. In June, a bomb exploded at Hammersmith Bridge, which took two years to repair. The second bomb was located on a subway platform. Thankfully, it was discovered by police and detonated in a controlled area. So when an RPG hit MI6's SIS building in September, many feared that the real IRA would hold the city hostage with their terrorism. But nothing to the level of violence during the Troubles ever culminated. Throughout the early 2000s, bombs did sporadically explode, but rarely was anyone injured or killed. And back in Northern Ireland, random acts of violence never reached the level seen in the 1970s and 1980s. Many of the real IRA leaders were eventually arrested. Enthusiasm for the real IRA waned at the start of the 2010s. And by 2012, the real IRA dissolved. Some of its members moved to yet another iteration, the new IRA. But even as members and leaders of the real IRA were brought in, none of them were charged for the September bombing of the SIS building. And to this day, no one knows who pulled the trigger. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Joe Guerra, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hey, Parcasters, don't forget to check out the brand new Spotify original from Parcast, Incredible Feats. Join host Dan Cummins as he explores true accounts of weird, wonderful, and all-out wild achievements. New episodes premiere daily Monday through Friday. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.